Hello, welcome back to the Ancient Art of Modern Warfare. This is the second of a two-part podcast exploring the notion of just war in modern conflict. The previous episode presented the criteria of just war and its overall framework. If you haven't already heard that one, I encourage you to stop now, listen to part one, and come back for part two. In this part, I ask a real expert on the just war framework for his thoughts on what just war means today. My guest is Brigadier General Chaplain Patrick Dolan, who, at his retirement, was Assistant Chief of Chaplains for the U.S. Army. General Dolan is also Father Dolan, a Catholic priest in the Diocese of Louisville, Kentucky. He holds PhDs in chemistry and sacred theology, the latter from the Angelicum in Rome. His dissertation was titled, Just War in the Gulf War Debate. Father Dolan has also written a Dungeons and Dragons type fantasy book for high school aged children, set in a legendary medieval Kentucky, recently published as Traces of Magic in a Harsh and Bloody Land. And he's also an accomplished square dancer. Up front, I apologize for the less than perfect audio. Due to conflicts in our schedules, the interview was a telephone conference recording. It is, however, better than my previous attempt with Dr. Avent and Doug Brooks. I start by getting right into the meat of asking questions about applying the just war framework in the real world. Other than responding to a military invasion by a hostile country, what are some other situations that could meet the just cause criteria? One of the things that could meet a just cause criteria is any realistic threat that could destroy the capability of a country to function. And one of those could be the wrecking of its income. Uh, One of the threats that was conceivable, I don't know exactly whether or not it actually happened, was that in the early 1980s, Iran had supposedly acquired plates that could counterfeit American $100 bills to the precision that would make them indistinguishable from our currency. I was intending to do that and flood the market with it to uh, wreck the currency uh, arrangements. And they were hiding the printing press within downtown Tehran. And so there was no way to kind of raid and get rid of it, but that would be a, a cause for for war to try and do that. Instead, because the other technology developed at that same time, the U.S. went to a different kind of printing. That's why our currency is in different colors and all those other kinds of things now. Okay, so from what I understand, you're saying that something like that would be just cause, but in this particular case, it would not have met the requirement of last resort because we were able to come up with another solution for it. Absolutely. There are various causes that are just caused, completely blockading uh, a nation's ability to uh, trade, uh, blocking all the ports, uh, stopping air travel, all this kind of thing would be a legitimate just cause. Anything that would realistically threaten the continued normal good existence of a nation on a very, very serious level. That's why the attack on the uh, Trade Center was an attempt to uh, disrupt the market economy. Uh, For example, someone who would try and put a um, nuclear weapon 
onto the Fort Knox Gold Depository. Again, not so much that it would do so much damage there, but it would, the ripple effect would wreck the world economy. That would be something that would be considered a just cause that would be so significant that it would be worthwhile going to war for. It may not be the last resort or all these other kinds of things, but it would be a just cause. Since the end of the, uh, the Cold War, the United States has been involved in numerous contingency operations. Some of those, you know, apply, uh, relate to what you were just saying now. For example, the attack on the World Trade Center, which was not just an attack on the United States, but actually truly an attack on the, the world economy. Um, and, okay. of course, another economic, potential economic attack uh, with what you mentioned about Iran. So with those, all those and the actual contingency operations we've actually had, can the United States or another major power meet the just war criteria, all of them, in contingency operations that have been typical of this century? It can. The, the question is, does it? Because contingency operations are very, very fluid. They're usually fairly small. And those are considered things that are not usually considered all-out war, but are simply a quick raid or something like that. Um, years and years ago, that would have been considered war, as a few centuries ago. Today, we think of war as in a total war concept only because of the intensity of the weaponry that's available and the possibility of things escalating to use of that weaponry, which is also one of the reasons why the Vatican has been so heavily against war in general. I mean, it's, their kids are fighting among each other. You know, parents come in and break it up. But it's also because of the possibility of it getting out of hand very quickly. Uh, one side or another escalates, and then they do again and again and again. And one of the things that we have seen that happen in uh, was World War II. A lot of the things that, that began as, as something fairly small and clean, uh, not affecting uh, civilian population, by the end of the war, got pretty ugly on both sides, I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, and as I, I pointed out in the last podcast, even Clausewitz, who came up with the the notion of total war, said that uh, not only should nations never do it, it, it would probably never actually be possible because there will always be restraining events that will keep it from it going to the full total war situation. Okay. Now, in, in ancient biblical times, there were total war things. There were. I mean, one nation went and completely wiped out every living human being on the other side. And then... Those are things that we, we really try not to do today, particularly because with Christianity came in the idea of protecting women and children, protecting sacred places. Uh, that was something that came in very strongly in that development of uh, European history in particular. But it was already there in uh, Asian history, the idea that there are some places that were fairly sacred that you really didn't want to touch, but uh, the idea of women and children particularly being special, that you, you didn't just come in and slaughter everybody that was in the town, uh, whereas they did even in biblical times, I'm sorry to say. No, but it is truly, it's, a, it's an aspect of Christianity, and for all of the people in uh, the modern world, and especially from Western Europe, that try to uh, eliminate 
the church from anything. Uh, the very values that they hold in terms of what the law of war and international law is are really strongly based on our Christian moral ethics. Correct. The idea of human rights in general comes from being made in the image and likeness of God and each person having a worth and a value in, in its own right, regardless of whether they are friendly or enemy, is why that whole perspective developed, and, and it took root beautifully throughout all of humanity. You, you find it in every corner of the world now that there's that sense of human rights, even with people who don't come from the Christian tradition have, have developed that flavor. Now, we could go on for a long time. With, I, we have a lot of questions we could talk about, but these podcasts, sure. I try to leave, limit them to about 10 or 12 minutes of the one, at the most. So I've got one more question. Considering the things that you brought up, the, cause, the issues of causes, the issues of trying to keep it from going to total war, the issues of uh, are there, have we actually met the last resort, has the just war criteria ever been met? I would say clearly in the first Gulf War, uh, President George H. Bush laid it out in December of 1990, all of the criteria, how every one of them had been met properly and well, including last resort, because they demonstrated that even the sanctions that they had against Iraq would have destroyed Kuwait before it uh, even influenced Iraq to try and uh, give up the uh, improper occupation and uh, complete illegal annexation of Kuwait under those circumstances. So we laid them out there. There, there are some other ones that um, might fit within the thing. Uh, U.S. involvement in the War of 1812, you know, with provocation after provocation after provocation, war seemed the only realistic thing to do, and it ended up uh, going back to the original borders that people had before the War of 1812, that it stopped impressment of American seamen. It significantly reduced to almost elimination the uh, threat of uh, Native American hostilities pushed by the British on the Western frontier, other things, and it accomplished some good things. I have to say that the biggest price was paid by Kentuckians, who I think about three-quarters of the casualties in that war were from Kentucky. So I have some personal stake in that. Well, that's an interesting point, not just about Kentucky, but uh, in terms of the outcome of the war, because one of the things that I've tried to uh, repeat several times during these podcasts is that the outcome of a war, the desired end state, should always be a more just peace. And we certainly seem to have accomplished that from the War of 1812. Correct. I would also have to say in the first Gulf War, there was a significant more just peace. Uh, there were a lot of things that were not so great, such as uh, economic arrangements in the Middle East after that and a few things, but the Kuwait was free. And having been over there several times afterwards, I, I know the difference. So it was it was good. Okay, thank you so much, Father Dolan, also Brigadier General, retired uh, Father Dolan, mm -hmm. and a noteworthy uh, expert on just war theory within uh, the U.S. military and within the Catholic Church. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to maybe having, uh, bringing you on again for another podcast in the future. Gladly so. Blessings to you and your family and to all your listeners. Thank you. Goodbye. I have about half a dozen or more questions on just war I'd like to ask General Dolan to address. But I think that the next time I interview him, it will be about the strategic aspects of information warfare. But that's a future podcast. 
I've been told these podcasts are being distributed in both the Army War College and the Air War College. My intent, however, is that this is the Citizens War College, what every citizen should know to participate in the decision-making of our great republic. I hope you'll continue with me and come back for the next seminar.